published. I'm going to read it to you in the scriptures. You ready for this? This is Matthew 11 in the message. Jesus, uh, starting in verse 27, 11, 27, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. (laughs) I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And then he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And religion would be doing a lot of things for God. You know, to try to earn something. He says, are you worn out? Are you tired? I want you to come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you will learn to live freely and lightly. Anyone want that? (laughs) Freely and lightly. That's his gift to you. So, um, Toddy, come on back up. Did you did you want to share about the rain or not? About next week's Toddy. We have one announcement. Then I'm going to share a little bit more. I won't be so shy this time. (laughs) The peace of Jesus. And the sweet, sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking the Holy Spirit that you would increase that light of Christ that is in us from the inside out where there would be no more room for harassment, for lies, discouragement, depression. I command those things to go in Jesus' name. As we sit and rest in the fullness of who you are, Jesus, in us. Jesus, we say yes to living freely and lightly with you. Seems almost too good to be true, but you wouldn't say something that isn't true. Holy Spirit, blow through us the winds 
of refreshing. <laughs> refreshing. Refreshing. Remove the weariness with your refreshing presence. In this place, Jesus, where we are aware of your indwelling presence. In this place, God of awareness, wow, there is no place for fear or anxiety. Wow. We don't have to work everything out, out in our minds. We don't have to solve our own problems. We get to rest in the one who is working all things out right now for us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I just want you to say that. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Holy Spirit, make us aware of Christ in me, the hope of glory, the certainty, the childlike giddiness of knowing the increased glory that you promised for each one of us. Stay in this place. I want to read. I mean, I encourage you to keep your eyes closed if you're in a peace-filled place. Just stay there. I want to read from the end of Romans 4 and into Romans 5. The sacrificed Jesus made us fit for God and set us right with God. This is in the, the message. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, which is to set us right with him and make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus. <laughs> and that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and we discover at the same moment 
that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. But there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. Keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this. We're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. But now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. That's exceptionally good news. We are not at odds with God in any way. Go ahead and just say it. God, I am not at odds with you in any way. (laughs) That's astounding. See, there's something in us that rails against that, that says that can't be true. Because you know the things you do that aren't perfect. So if it were up to you, you would be in big trouble. But it's not. Because of what Christ has done for you, God sees you as holy, blameless, innocent. That's actually all in Scripture, many times in Scripture. That's the way he sees you. That's really the only way you can explain why in Hebrews it says that we get to approach the throne of 
grace with confidence. You get to approach the throne of grace with confidence. That means running into daddy's arms and saying, I'm yours, and that's just the way it is. And let me tell you something. He has all the time in the world for you. But for some of us, that's really hard to believe. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want to ask you to say something out loud. We did this with our school just a couple days ago. And I had one or two people come up to me afterwards and said, I had that thing jolted me in a way I have not experienced before when I, when I forgave. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to forgive. But I'm not going to ask you to forgive somebody else. I'm going to ask you to forgive yourself. See, Jesus already forgave you. But if you're keeping yourself on the hook, then you're kind of dangling there, really for no reason, because Jesus has already forgiven you, but it feels, it doesn't feel very good to you. And so this is what I'm going to have. If you, I want to tell you ahead of time so that you can actually think about it, whether you want to agree with this, okay? But I'm going to ask you to say, I forgive myself for not being perfect. Because that's really the issue. Somehow, there's a part of us that has felt like that's what we're supposed to be for God. Only that was never the deal. So, I want to encourage you, if you want to get set free from that kind of bondage that you've placed on yourself, I want to encourage you to say out loud, right now, I forgive myself for not being perfect. Say it one more time. I forgive myself for not being perfect. Whoa. There's still something going on in the room right now in a good way. Heaven just got stirred up like, this is great. They're actually believing what Jesus did. So I'm declaring over you, because I have the authority to do this in Christ, you are off the hook in more ways than one. You're off the hook awesome, but you're also off the hook because you just let yourself down in a good way. <laughs> and you get to receive Forgiveness. I'm declaring over every single one of you, you are forgiven in Jesus' name. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. You are totally 100% forgiven in Jesus' name. That is the gospel. And some of you might say, well, Brent, I didn't, I didn't actually confess my sins yet, so how can you say that? Do you remember the paralytic who was lowered 
into the roof, through the roof by his friends because they wanted Jesus to touch him and heal him? What did Jesus tell him? He said, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. And and the Pharisees, the religious ones around, didn't like that one bit. Who are you? You know, just who do you think you are to forgive sins? And Jesus said, well, just so you know who I am, that I have the authority to do that, take up your mat, get up and walk. Now, why is this story so amazing? Because show me in that story where he asked for forgiveness. This is going to mess with our boxes big time. Show me where that person asked for forgiveness. He did not. Jesus knew his need and said, son, take heart. I got some great news for you. Something you need to hear more than you need to get up off that mat. This is how the father sees you. Your sins, they're forgiven. And remember, everything Jesus did, he did because he and the father were one. I do what the father does. When you see me, you've seen my father, right? Isn't that crazy? But you see, that's what the gospel is. The gospel is the father saying, I love you. I forgive you. Will you receive that and come in to my kingdom? But he's the one that extends the offer. If that's not true, tell me how any one of us in this room got saved. He had to approach us first. He had to come after us first. Even when we didn't think we wanted him. Some of us were sticking our nose at him and cursing him and walking the other way. And he says, oh, no, no, no. My, my love and my mercy, they're going to chase after you every day of your life. Because that's my heart and I can't help being who I am. I, I got to be who I am, which is love. I can't be anything else other than who I am. I love you. Yeah, well, God, I'm not even sure I I like you. Okay, but I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, but God, I screwed up really bad today. I did did something awful. Yeah, I know. I, I know all about it. And I love you. I love you. I love you. We just sang it tonight. Love wins. Love is, the, love is stronger than any other force. Love wins. And he's going to keep wearing you down with his love until you finally agree to enter into a love relationship. You know, accepting Jesus isn't a contract. I know it kind of is, but it isn't. <laughs> what I mean is it's not, it's not when we just make it like a contract, we miss the whole fun of the whole thing. It's not just like, it's not, it's not fire insurance. You know, so one day you'll, you'll get through the pearly gates. No, you've missed the whole point. It's a God who is massively, wildly in love with you and says, I can't, I, I know sometimes you've said no, but I'm not going to take that as your answer. I'm going to keep chasing after you and keep chasing after you and keep loving you. And somewhere, all of us have made lots of mistakes in life. And and we think that because of those, God loves us less or likes us less. He says, no, I'm going to wear you out with my love. And it's not going to be you trying to make yourself better for me because that ain't going to work. I'm just going to wear you out with my love until you finally realize who you are in me, that I complete you. And let me into those places that have haunted you. And I will change you. My love will change you. 
That's, that's what we signed up for. That's, that's a relationship with Jesus, a vibrant relationship with Jesus. That's what you get to have. I, uh, the Lord just reminded me of an encounter I had about, I don't know, about five years ago, seven years ago, something like that. I was with a group of leaders from Blazing Fire. We were all worshiping and we were praying. A bunch of you were in this room because you were there. And um, in the midst of the worship, I was taken into uh, an encounter with the Lord, an experience, a vision. It was extremely powerful, very vivid. And I, I looked and actually I was taken into heaven. I was taken, I saw the, the elders, I saw the, I saw Jesus and, and I looked at him and his eyes looked right back at me from across the way, but they locked into me. And the first thing that I felt was unworthiness. I'm not, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence because I know, I know things I've done. I know who I am. And so I got on the ground. We, again, we sang this earlier tonight. We got, I got on the ground and took the crown that was on my head and I laid it down at his feet. Now that's, that's a right thing to do. That's, that comes right out of Revelation chapter 4. There's nothing wrong with doing that, right? But Jesus walked over to me and he said, Son, get up. You know, he, he pulled me up and Jesus put the crown back on my head and said, this is who you are. Some of you are in that place where You're afraid to look at Jesus because you don't like yourself. You don't like things you've done. You feel ashamed. You feel exposed. And you can't even look at him. And he says to you, son, daughter, get up. Take my hand. Let's get back up. And I'm going to put my crown back your crown back on your head because you are kings and queens with me. That's also in the book of Revelation. It's all in there. That's how he sees us. And when he looks in our eyes with his, with his eyes of love, we know he means it. He's not pulling a fast one on us. He's not telling us something that isn't true. He says, you are mine. You are are a king, you are a queen in my kingdom. It's time to get up. It's time that we do some things together, but it's going to be me through you. You are forgiven. I'm going to tell you again. In Jesus' name, You are forgiven. 
You get to live as a free man, a free woman, because you're forgiven. Honestly, I'm hearing some chains breaking. I really am. There's some people who've been locked down for a long time. And actually some some of you thought that it was seemed like the righteous, you know, the religious right thing to do to feel really bad about yourself, thinking it's what God wanted and he's setting you free. He's saying, son, daughter, it's time to get up. It's time to rise up. Because I have set you free. You're mine. He is so massively in love with every single one of you in this room. I mean like crazy in love with you. He's not disappointed. He's not angry. He's not just putting up with you. He says, no. (laughs) My son died for you to know who you are. As my son, as my daughter. And you are free. And I'm going to cause you to to fly, to run and fly as a free person, as a free daughter, as a free son of mine. Nothing's going to hold you back. But you've got to look into my eyes to see who you are. Because that's the only place you're going to get it. The world is not going to tell you who you are. It's going to get it wrong every time. Look in my eyes. And see my reflection of who you are. Because it's glorious. And actually, when I look at you, I see a piece of myself. It's true. When the Father looks at you, he says, I can see you. I can see me in you. can see my son Jesus in you you're looking more and more like him all the time so take heart your sins are forgiven And what are you free to do? How do you use your freedom? You are free in Christ. You can use it for a lot of things. A lot of bad things. A lot of good things. You can use your freedom. And really hurt people. Destroy yourself. But you don't need to anymore. You get to use your freedom. To love. That's what you get to use your freedom to do. I remember um, Bob Jones, some of you know him, prophet, voice. Heard him many years ago talk about how he went to heaven. And when he got there, Jesus asked him one question. Did you learn to love? Pretty simple. And he did send Bob back 
into his earthly body to continue to live. He's still alive today. Just read, I'm just starting to read another book, and I'm not endorsing this book because I haven't even read through it all yet. Um, but, but Suzanne and I were walking through a bookstore and we just got drawn to this book. It's by a, a neurosurgeon. It's called um, Proof of Heaven. Something like that. Proof of Heaven, I think. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name because I just started the book a couple days ago. But even in the bookstore, I, I just happened to... It's a, it's a surgeon who, who, through E. coli, he, he almost died and he was completely in comatose state for seven days. Only he, as a as a neurosurgeon doing brain surgeries, he had he had heard from several patients who actually died and came back to life, all talking about this place, the the light, the love, this place called heaven. And he um, he didn't really believe it, even though he was a Christian, he was a believer, but not much of a believing believer. <laughs> and he was reasoning it all away with science because that was his background, and especially with the brain. He said, well, their brain was still active, so their brain was doing all kinds of things, and that's how they came up with these, right? So you know what God did for him? God basically disengaged his brain for seven days. It's exactly what happened in his case with, with the disease that almost killed him. Was his brain was completely, completely dissociated so that he had no excuses left. And God said, now let me show you heaven. And... Um, I'm bringing that up because when I was in this bookstore and I just opened it to a certain page in the middle and the first thing it said was, there was a, a voice talking to him and saying, you are loved, you are wanted, you are accepted. And, and, and the main message he said, you know, he said, as many people say who visit heaven and come back, that they can't explain things in words. They try the best they can, but it's way beyond words. But they said, if I could try to distill it for you, it would be that really it's all about love. And so for you to love other people the way Jesus does, you're going to have to love yourself first the way he does. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling his presence. You, you have to love yourself first. That's why... That's why I told you to say, I forgive myself for not being perfect. Jesus already forgave you. All you're doing is agreeing with truth. You're agreeing with what he says. But you won't love yourself if you don't like yourself. If you're down on yourself, if you're trashing yourself, you won't love yourself. So what you freely receive, you get to freely give, right? So when I had that encounter with Jesus where he put the crown back on my head. That was not all that happened. He actually, he actually, um, this is so hard to explain, again, in, in words, but I grew in stature. I, as I was standing there, and my eyes were open, you know, in, in, in the room, but all of a sudden I was, I could see myself doing, doing this as I'm just looking around me and going, whoa. I just grew about two or three feet. And I'm looking at life differently. And he says, yeah, I want you to look from heaven's perspective. I want you to look with eyes of love. And then he took me to um, 1 Corinthians 13, which we all know really well, the love passage. But I read it in this translation. In fact, it probably was this Bible, um, this copy of uh, William Barclay's New Testament translation. 
And as I was reading this to our, to our leaders and those that were there, remember this well, I'm sure I couldn't, I could only get about every two or three words out before I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And then I would, I would collect myself and, you know, went through, I don't know how many dozens of Kleenex and, you know, I'd get out another line and then I would just sob and sob and sob. And then I'd try to collect myself for a while before I went on. And, and it was the Lord. It was the best I can describe it was it was his ordination of love for me. He was like, I want you to get this deep in the core of who you are. And this is, this is how it goes in the Barclay translation. It says, love is patient with people. Love is kind. There is no envy in love. There are no proud claims. There is no conceit. Love never does the graceless thing. It never insists on its rights. It never irritably loses its temper. It never nurses its wrath to keep it warm. Love finds nothing to be glad about when someone, when someone goes wrong, but is glad when truth is glad. Love can stand any kind of treatment. Love's first instinct is to believe in people. I like that one. Love's first instinct is to believe in people. Love never regards anyone or anything as hopeless. Nothing can happen that can break love's spirit. Love lasts forever. Everything that was written there is actually true of, of God for you. It's how he loves. See, because Paul couldn't have told us to love like that. He couldn't have told us to do something impossible like that, which is what it is. It's impossible. It's not hard. It's impossible. Just so you all know, you know, get it straight. You can't love like that apart from God. It's not possible. But we can't love like that unless God loves us like that. And so one of them, it, it, it was a, in, a, in most of your translations, it says, um, love keeps no record of wrongs. Remember that one? Think about that. Because didn't we start with that tonight when I prayed over you? I told you you were forgiven. I told you Jesus offered forgiveness to the paralytic before he even asked for it. How could he do that? Oh, because love keeps no record of wrongs. How could God ask us to do that unless that is his model unless he does that first with us. It's in the book of Hebrews. It's many other places. But love doesn't remember the stuff that you do that isn't who you are in Christ. That's why you need Jesus so much. If you're thinking you're going to live this life, let alone we're, we're so worried about heaven. Are we going to make it or not? I'm saying, how can you make it today without Jesus? I don't get that. <laughs> Man, holy cow. You know, we, we, we need him desperately in order to live a real life, a full life. So if you haven't given him your life, give it up already. <laughs> Start living 
I mean, tell him, Jesus, my life is yours. Go ahead and tell him, my life is yours, Jesus. My life is yours. I receive your forgiveness. Tell him, I receive your forgiveness. I know you died to take away my sin. I know it's done. Just tell him, I know it, Jesus. It's right. You took care of it. You did everything on the cross. There's nothing left for me to do to try to impress God. So I choose you. I take your gift. And I'm going to start living life like I really am. Okay. It is so, it feels so good in this room. I know God's been, you know, I, I can tell that God's been dealing with different things in your hearts, and that's so good, that's so God. But, but it just feels really good. Because even if it's hard, even if you're working through some hard things, it's still taking you to a good place. And, and so it's just good. Um, I want to ask, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm done, you know. But I want to be able to bless some of you who want more prayer. Normally we have our prayer teams come up, but this is what I want to ask tonight because we had some intercessory prayer in the back, which by the way, you can all come to. It's it's not a closed group, but please come to intercede. You know, intercede for the service. Um, don't come for your, don't come for other reasons. If you come, come to pray with us for, for releasing heaven right here. That's what we do. And we usually meet back in that, in that room back there um, at 6, um, sorry, 5.15. Uh, on Saturday night, so 45 minutes prior to service. You're welcome to come. But that group back there, we had a powerful, powerful time. We always do. But while we were praying, I just saw all you who were there. I saw you up here praying for people. So I'm going to just ask if you were there, or even if you're regularly at intercession and you want to come up, go ahead and join them. But come on up just so we can pray for people. Come on up. Please. Whoa. <laughs> I just see, I mean, as soon as you guys start walking this way, there's an increase going on up here in the spirit. It's like all of a sudden it just went from thick to thicker. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. I know all these people, they're safe. Okay? We don't, we don't have people praying for you that, that aren't safe. And so... I would say this too, if you, um, you know, if something stirred your heart and you want prayer over that, absolutely. If you want more prayer for your back or anything else, absolutely. If you have never given your life to Jesus and you're, you did so tonight or you want to and you're not sure, like, how can I just know? Come talk to any one of us, myself, any one of us. We will gladly uh, pray with you just to, just to say yes to Jesus. All right. So I want to bless you. I want to bless you to go after your dreams, but do it with love as you receive the Father's love, as you receive your Savior's love. I just bless you, bless you, bless you to make a huge difference in this world with His love in Jesus' name. Amen. Jim, if, can you put on a little music and then come up, please, if you want some prayer.